not a Republican or a Democrat. I'm a truthican, and the truth as I see it is that we've been divided in this country by design by people who benefit from that division, and it's not going to turn out well for 99% of us unless we all come together as one human race, realize we have all the power, and tell the establishment to go fuck themselves. Before Trump won, then everybody was like, these election machines are all fucked up. They shouldn't be connected to the internet, and why are there computers inside them when they just got account shit? But then Biden won, and they were like, no, they're fine now. <laughs> You're not smart enough to be my friend. Fuck you. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Truth Again Podcast, episode 41, formerly known as Nonsense. My good buddy, Mike Baldwin. How you doing today, Mike? I'm good. My comedy special is in two days, so I'm equally like I like Eminem and Eight Mile. Like I don't give a fuck who's there. Like I'm gonna bring it, you know. And then equally like f- freaking out about it and like, oh god, like should I write down notes? Like I don't want to bring notes on stage. Should I write like a big set list and and tape it to the stool so it's just the top of the stool and I can like glance at it and like pretend I'm just looking at whatever, you know, but then be like, oh yeah, that joke. Cause I know for a fact that I'm going to forget lines that I want in there, you know, but that's what everybody tells me. Anyone who's made an album or anything is like, dude, you're going to forget shit. Like just do a good set, you know? And that's true, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes, but I'm excited and scared. Yeah, you're going to do great. I, I still make a set list and almost always take it on stage with me, but I never, ever look at it. I don't know why I do it. It's more of a it's more of a superstitious thing now than anything. Um, yeah. But I, I, I feel better when I write out my like my entire act on a napkin or whatever, and then I just have it up there like under a T-shirt or something, I guess, in case I have like a complete brain meltdown or something. And that's something I always worry about any set that I have, whether I'm filming something or not, is that I'm going to forget everything or whatever. And then I'm like, well, if that happens, that means you're having some sort of stroke and there's a bigger problem at hand than your fucking stupid comedy set. So, (laughs) right. (laughs) You're like in the ambulance on the way to the emergency room. And you're like, did they clap? Were they mad? (laughs) Like, like, why don't you focus on you, buddy? (laughs) Yeah. So, um, yeah, I never look at it. And if I ever do look at something, it totally takes away from what I'm trying to do. You know, like I do that at open mics a lot. Like I'll bring up a napkin or whatever. And sometimes I'll make it funny by looking at it. But I find I'm better if I don't have any any uh, script to read, any kind of net to fall into, you know, like right. like looking at it to see if, you know, whatever. Um because it, it, it always just comes out. What's funny is I can't ever remember my act. Like if I was to sit here and we were just talking and I was trying to remember jokes in my act, I, it would be very hard for me to tell it to you, even if I've done it a hundred thousand times, which some of them I have. Sure. But then when I get on stage and you get into that flow of it or whatever, it all just comes out the way it's supposed to. And, and, and sometimes if I've had a long break from doing like, like for years i never went more than a week or two being on stage and now with having a kid and and the pandemic and all that shit um mm-hmm. I, I i go long stretches now without going without doing a full headline set and now that i live in la which where you're always doing short sets and all that shit so i'll go a long time sometimes without doing a full set and 
I almost think I'm better now when I have to take long breaks because it's not so, um, it, 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 it's like I have to, it's like I enjoy it more because I, every, every time a new, the new joke comes to me, I'm like, Oh, that's right here. This is coming next and this is good. And I kind of get excited about it. I don't know what it is, but yeah, no, I get it. It's uh plus when you do it all the time, like for months in a row, then people use the, the phrase phoning it in, you know, you're just sort of like reciting the things that you remember. And when you take a break for a while, then it's like, you're like, I'm going to tell that story, but you're not like, I'm going to deliver those eight lines that lead to that punchline. So it's like, yeah, I kind of tell it differently. I don't know, but yeah, either way I'm excited and like, it's fun to, it's been a fun setup process. I did art, some arts and crafts projects, uh, cause I wanted something I'm doing it at the comedy club of Kansas city, but I didn't want the video to just be a video of me at the comedy club of Kansas city. You know, I wanted it to be like a, what a special looks like. So I bought like fabric, like a big, like four yard thing of fabric. And I fucking painted it up all nice and put the title of the special on there. And I made a little thing with my name on it and I'm going to hang it up and see how, I told everybody involved, like, if you guys can talk me out of doing this, then I won't do it. But for now, I think it's a good idea. And it's their fault because they're like, no, it sounds good to me. So I was like, all <laughs> right, well, I guess that's what we're doing then. Yeah, well, it's probably not a good idea. I would think for a special to have the name of the club in the background anyway, is it? Or will that still be in there? I don't know if it'll be there or not. I don't remember how flat against the wall it is because I might just hang my banner that I made right over it, you know. But if it if it sticks out of the wall and it'll make like a big pooch sticking out, then yeah, it will just be there. But that's why I made the Mike Baldwin sign. I, I need to get a marker and write the word at and then I'll just stick it right above the Comedy Club of Kansas City sign. So then it's like Mike Baldwin at the Comedy Club of Kansas City. I think that would at least make it look like my own thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I you know, I, I don't know where you're going to be showing this either. I don't know if it's going to be a YouTube thing like Greg Warren's or, or, or where they're going to put it. But I, and I don't know, I can't pretend to know anything about freaking YouTube because every time I think I have them figured out, I don't. But um, I don't know if, if YouTube and those places want to have like an hour long commercial for a club that they're not getting any money for, or, you know, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't know how any of that shit works. So, and I don't, you know, and obviously I would love for the comedy club of Kansas city to get some free press. Um, cause I love Dustin and I love that club and, and I want them to, you know, it'd be awesome for them to get some free press. But the main thing is, is you and, uh, you know, getting your name out there so yeah well dustin said he was like you can cover up the sign if you want dude like it's not gonna offend me at all um so we'll see how the thing looks and what my different options are i don't i'm not still not sure how i'm gonna hang it up i don't know what the back wall's made out of if it's wood or something i can just use thumbtacks or whatever but otherwise i'm gonna have to use like tape <laughs> or something and if i do that then i want to just outline it completely and like silver duct tape just to make it so blatant that like 
this is a fucking low low quality production value but the comedy is good uh, it, i don't know anyway news no i know what you're talking about i want i want to talk a little bit more about this cuz i had a couple questions about it did you okay. um did you or do you ever do crowd work like plan crowd work or do you just if it comes it comes or no you- if i i don't ever plan on it i don't ever want to i mean i've never been that guy that's like what's going on here what what's your name are you guys a couple like that kind of shit i don't do any of that but if if somebody's yelling shit out or whatever then i have to be like what's going on here one of my favorite videos if you go back months through my instagram or tiktok or whatever is i was in springfield at the blue room and there was this just trashy lady off to the side who just kept like laughing in the middle of jokes or laughing like 10 seconds after everybody else stopped laughing and she was with some fucking missouri looking dude i'm from missouri so i i feel okay calling him that like it, it anyway so i like made up this whole story about living in his truck at his brother-in-law's house like he won't let them come inside, but he lets them park there so that at least they're off the street and that kind of shit. And so, I mean, I mean, I can wing it and shit on somebody is the point that I'm making. But no, I don't like to just be like, what's going on over here? Unless I'm just out of shit, unless it's one of those nights where it's like people aren't laughing at stuff for as long as they're supposed to. So then I'm like. 38 minutes in and i've done all my jokes and i still have seven more minutes that i have to do then every once in a while i'll kind of you know what's what's up with you guys kind of thing but it's rare yeah i hate that um i hate that crowd work has kind of become like stigmatized like a hacky thing to do because i think it is if it's forced you know I cannot stand forced crowd work and I like to think I'm pretty good at crowd work, but it's not always there and you can't do good crowd work unless you have a good act in my opinion. Um, because sometimes it's just not there. And then when you have to force it, it's just the most brutal shit on earth to watch. So sometimes, I mean, I almost always count on at least five minutes being crowd work, but I try to not make it hacky crowd work. Like, how long have you been married? I do have one joke where I ask people that, but it's only because it leads into something that I need to, that I have an actual setup joke for. Right. Um, but I say that to say that I, I, I hate when I, if, if, if my stuff, cause a lot of stuff I put on YouTube is like mainly crowd work stuff because I don't want to burn jokes. Um, but I hate when people lump it all together. Like, Oh, he's just doing crowd work. I'm like, eh, really good crowd work is some of the hardest shit to do or some of the most, maybe not hard, but some of the purest comedy there is if it's good. Um, so I was just curious if, if, if you like to do that or if you plan to do it or. No, um, I mean, that's what I would say. At least 50% of the videos that I've posted are me doing some kind of crowd work, but almost any of those videos if if we happen to show one of them which we're not gonna but you can look it up like i didn't start it you know like i never start it it's always like what's going on with this fucking rowdy bunch over here where you just have to deal with it you know yeah 
So, but it's still, it is, that's why if you're a young comic and you're paying attention to anything that we're saying, then it's good to do those rowdy bars and like every living room show, like any shitty thing that you get asked to do, you should do it because that show itself is probably going to suck, but you're going to learn something from doing that, that you can use later when you're in a club and make it seem flawless under the right circumstances. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I, I try to tell, cause sometimes people come up to me after shows and tell me they want to do comedy and what's my advice for it and all that. And I think they always want some like magic advice, like how to be, become a comedian, you know? Yeah. And I, I always tell them to get this certain book. And then I tell them that they need to get on. The book is called Zen and the art of standup comedy by a guy named Jay Sankey. I read it when I was before I'd even done comedy and it made me feel like I'd already had some kind of experience with it. Um, so it's a really short, easy book to read. You can get it on Amazon for like used to be 20 bucks, but I tell people to get that book. And then I'm like, do an open mic and then get on stage as often as you possibly can in every conceivable environment as you can. And don't worry about making a nickel for at least two years. And, and then they always look at me like, well, what else can I do? And I'm like, that's it, motherfucker. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, what do you um, want me to bring you on the road with me? Like, Yeah but I was that guy too. That's like, you know, what's the secret? Like, what do I, I started when I was 18 and I remember telling the other comics, like if I'm not on, if I don't have my own TV show by the time I'm 21, then I'm fucking quitting this shit. Cause I ain't got time. Like I got to get famous. And now, now I'm 41 and I'm like, I'm recording my first special. <laughs> so, you know, whatever. Yeah, well, it takes a long time, and sometimes the best comedians don't get um, don't get noticed for a long fucking time, and uh, that's why this is a marathon and not a sprint, which is something Jason Dixon used to tell me all the time. And and nowadays, I'm not going to name any names, but I could. There's some people that man, they get the world handed to them, and I hope it works out for them. But some of them suck at comedy and it, it, it you gotta you gotta really focus on not being bitter about it when you get into your 40s like i am and i did film something a few years back that i thought was going to be a big deal and it turned out not to be but um this is a different thing for you i'm not going to get into the details of what happened to me but um yeah, it's just a tough business and it gets tougher all the time instead of easier like the longer you do it and but I feel like something good is um, going to happen. Do you remember any special watching when you were growing up that you're like, that now that you look back, now that you're getting ready to film your first, do you ever think like, wow, I'm getting ready to do that myself, you know? Uh, I mean, I when I was a kid, I watched like the first comedy that I remember watching was uh, Gallagher like jumping on his big trampoline couch, you know, and smashing watermelons and that kind of stuff. So it wasn't really stand up comedy at that point. Like my dad would turn on Carlin or something like that. And I'd be like, I don't, I don't get it. I don't know what he's talking about and I don't like it. But I remember like, uh, watching a and E's evening at the improv and, uh, whatever those other shows were that, comedy related but the first time that i remember uh like and i used to laugh at those people but i was always just by myself you know like while my parents were off in the other room doing whatever and both of my sisters were out on dates or whatever you know i'm just like the fat kid at home by himself in his underwear watching 
watching comedy and then my sister would come home with her date and be like michael go put some clothes on and so uh, <laughs> i was that fat kid that was like don't be fat in front of my guests but anyway so yeah like the first time i remember actually like being with a, a friend and laughing at something on tv was uh, mitch hedberg was on like the tonight show or or jay leno or whatever and it was so fucking funny dude like every joke that he said like hit really hard and we both just were like rocking back and forth sitting on the floor at my at my friend's house and that was like one of the first times that i was like man i would love to fucking be in that spot right there that that guy's in and so that's what i'm thinking about going into this is like it's like my tonight show or whatever yeah yeah, man, just be grateful for it. And, you know, 800 pound gorilla who is doing your special, they're, they're great. And they're going to make sure that the right people see you and a lot, a lot of people see you. And it, I think it's going to help your career quite a bit. So I'm, I'm happy for you. And man, I, I actually booked a flight to come to see you. I was like, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to go see Baldwin in a special. And, uh, First of all, I'm not coming because <laughs> I, I meant to, though. I totally did. I booked the flight and everything. And then later, I was like, I'll book it now. This is before I went to pick up my niece, my niece and nephew. And uh, I'll book it now and then because there was only one ticket left. I was like, I'll book it now and then I'll come back later and I'll I'll cancel it and I'll rebook it and use the points that I have or whatever, uh, the voucher I had or not the voucher, but the uh Ex old old flight that I had, I could use the money from that. I'll just like, I'll rebook that, but I didn't feel like going through and finding the code and all that bullshit. So I was like, I'll book it now, kind of reserve it, and then I'll come back later when I have more time and I'll do it so it doesn't cost me as much money. And when I came back, I realized that I booked J June 9 through 11 instead of 1 through 3 because I was in a hurry. And then when I went to book the 1 through 3, it was like super expensive. And then I was still considering coming and then I got sick and I was like, eh, I'm just not going to go. But I was, I really was looking forward to coming. And I was like, I never go to just comedy shows just to watch. And I was like, we've been doing a podcast now for 40 weeks in a row, 41 weeks in a row. Um, so I'm going to go see that and it'll be great. And I'm just going to be able to sit in a crowd and watch and, and support my friend. And, and, uh, so I'm not coming, but I had every intention to, and I wanted to, um, well, so, I'll say I, I appreciate the intention more than if if I had gotten there and you were there, I'd be like, you fucking flew from L.A. for this? Like, oh, my God, <laughs> this is a huge deal. I'd be all shaky and nervous and shit. Like, people yeah, are flying across the country to see this. I'm I'm still scared that, like, my friends from high school might be there. Yeah. Well, I thought about that too. Not that, not that I'm someone who's going to make you nervous necessarily, but I get the same way. Like, you know, people will come from middle school or whatever. And it makes me feel like, Oh, they're going to see me do this now. Like, like I've, like I just started. It's like, I have to remind myself, you've been doing this for a living for fucking over 20 years. It's not like you're just starting and they're coming to see you do your first open mic or whatever, but it's still you know? different every single show. That's, that's why it's so addictive. And that's why it's so fun. Cause it's like, it's like our version of heroin or whatever, you know, like I'm sure a heroin addict, like every time he does it, he tries to recreate the awesomeness that he felt 
like the best time that he did it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's what we're doing, but there's always uh, external factors or something, you know, like it makes our, it, it, when, when it goes really good, then it feels really good. But when it's, when it's just okay, it's like enough to get by, but, I don't know. I don't know why I'm trying so hard to compare comedy to heroin, but it's the same, man. No, drug addicts call it chasing the dragon when you're trying to get the get the same high that you got the first time and yeah. it rarely you rarely find it. And what sucks is when someone comes to see you for the first time and it's not great and um but I tell people I'll tell you that it was and you're yeah. like oh, god damn I swear to god it's better than this usually and they're like no you did good I'm like no I didn't like I know I didn't yeah I know trust me I know and uh yeah um I tell people all the time I'm like you can never see something again for the first time does that make sense yeah you know like if you've got a joke that sometimes you'll do a joke and then someone's seen it and then you keep doing it for years, but you keep making that joke better. And then when someone comes to see you and they're like, yeah, I've, I've seen you do that joke. And you're like, no, you haven't. You, right. you haven't seen a, a version of this that was 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I'm looking forward to uh, hearing how it goes and everything. And do you know okay. when they're going to try to distribute and all that shit? Nope. No idea. But okay. I'll I'll. I'm sure I'll learn a few things this weekend and I look forward to talking about it more next week. Yeah. And uh, we'll, we'll move on with some political stuff and everything, but there's two reasons we um, talked about this so much. One, I'm really interested in it and happy for you. And two, um, I mean, I, we always end up being able to talk about political stuff, but I've been sick as a freaking dog. My entire family was for a few days so every time I tried to even listen to anything political, it just made me feel sicker. <laughs> um, so I, I don't know how prepared I am, but I feel like I always say that. And then we end up talking about, we end up running out of time. Um, I'm prepared. I've got, uh, we'll ease into the politics today and we'll start with, uh, uh, oh, Biden fell. Did you hear about that? Yeah, I saw it right before I messaged you about it, and uh, yeah, I so saw it. I'm gonna. I put a little video together. That's uh, uh, remember when Trump had to walk down that ramp, and the news like made fun of him for it. Anyway, here we'll just watch this video. It pretty much explains everything. Okay. Oh, hang on. No. Open. The news shit all over Trump and being like, is he okay? Did he have a stroke? Is he fit to be president? But no, he was just tiptoeing down a slippery ramp. Now here's Biden. And here's Trump commenting about it. He's at the Air Force Academy. He actually fell down. Well, I hope he wasn't hurt. I hope he wasn't hurt. But it's the whole thing is look, the whole thing is crazy. You got to be careful about that. 
You got to be careful about that because you don't you don't want that. Even if you have to tiptoe down a ramp, you got to. Tip- <laughs> eh, it all makes sense now. Yeah. <laughs> Even if he had a tiptoe down. <laughs> I He's like funny... how he, uh, that's why I put that first video in there, just so everybody would know what we were referencing. But I'd like none of the news, uh, this is my prediction, will make Biden falling down sound as serious as they would have had Trump fallen down at any point. Like to me, an, an old person falling multiple times now says like you know man they shouldn't be up walking around without help you know but the news will not back that idea they'll be like he's fine he tripped people trip all the time it's no big deal well two things first of all i noticed just just the way they've always treated him you know it says on the thing trump argued on twitter that the ramp was slippery and whatever it's like well he's not really arguing he's just telling you that's the case trump Um, says without evidence that the ramp was slippery (laughs) it's like look at the fucking ramp it's slippery yeah and uh god i forgot the second thing what the hell was i gonna say um sorry it's okay it seemed like the crowd cheered when he fell Did they, Didn't it sound wanna, like it? I don't know. Let's watch it again. Let's see. We'll see if we can skip to that part. How do I skip through here? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess they kind of did. Normally, I don't laugh when old people fall, but of course not. But it's the fact that, like, we you can see with your own eyes, it's like the, the, uh, what is the 1984? Like, don't believe what your eyes tell you, like, believe Big Brother, like, we'll tell you what the truth is. Like, you don't have to trust those eyes of yours, yeah. (laughs) And he took like a do you ever watch Family Guy? That was like a Family Guy fall, you know, just like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like he was trying to run and his foot was like, I'm going to stay back here, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. That was funny. Um, oh, that made me cry, dude. Uh, all right. What do we want to talk about here? Um, well, uh, since we've already showed Biden and Trump, then we can talk about DeSantis a little bit and the fact that, uh, you know, he's officially gotten into the race. Um, I still I cut a clip out from a show that I watch every day. It's called Quite Frankly. And he had a dude on there named Rich Barris who runs this thing called uh, the Big Poll or the Big Data Poll or something like that. And uh, he does a lot of polling and he's been right or really close to right about everything for the past several years. And uh, they are talking about there's people that... And I would consider myself one of them. If Trump is not the nominee, then fuck DeSantis. Like, I'm not going to switch to DeSantis. For me, it's Trump or nothing. And there's some DeSantis people like that, too, that are like, I'm only going to vote Republican if it's not Trump. You know, hold on. I'm going to just let them talk about it because they do a pretty good job. Quite frankly, 
I'm a big fan. Pay the price for it. Well, he's either pay the price and or play the perfect role that has been designed for him because we've got got to see. Before he goes on that, he's talking about DeSantis and the possibility that he is just playing a role, that DeSantis is doing what he's doing to fish out rhinos or whatever, you know, to find people that, for whatever reason, don't want Trump to be the nominee. Um, so I think if that's the case, then this is like a, uh, it's like a, a play to show everybody that it's not just Republican versus Democrat and Trump's a Republican. And so Republicans are good guys. It's that the fucking swamp exists and there's bad people on both sides. It doesn't matter what letter they have next to their name. And on the same vein, I think there's probably good Democrats, you know, but uh, we'll talk about that later. Here's uh, this. I'm going to start it over. And he's going to pay the price for it. Well, he's either pay the price and or play the perfect role that has been designed for him, because we've got got to see where this all this all ends up. As I told a few people in private who asked me about this, too, said essentially is this. Um, if there if Donald Trump is the nominee, I'm going to toss that man a vote. If he's not the nominee, I probably won't vote for president ever again in my life because yes. because that, yeah. that will be the sign for me. That I'm so it is, glad you said that. It's Frank. over. I it, am. It, that'll be the sign. There is nothing, nothing that should stand in, regardless of who he is, what his platform is, what you think about him, his known associates, what doesn't matter. There is nothing standing in his way of at least getting that nomination, and and there shouldn't have been anything that stand in his way of winning a third term. To pretty much, but if they're not even going to let him compete this time, that's the only way he doesn't win the nomination. And at that point, then you know there is no more even illusion of choice anywhere a, at, yeah. at any level. So the it's, hologram is not even being projected. Yeah, anymore. it's over at that point. I, I'm glad you said that because what you're doing right there, what you just said, is you're speaking for this huge chunk of people that has no representation in the media, on social media. The question for us this time, you know, you get the headline numbers, this matchup, this horse race. For me as a pollster, it gets all very boring after the 10th election. Yeah. So I always look for, like, the, the, the things that are critical, that matter most. And what we, we've been the first pollster to do this. We're the only one to do it. Trying, We all know there's an anti-Trump vote. We all know there's a Trump only vote. The only question is which vote is bigger. It's very clear for the last six election cycles. They cannot get this group of voters out. Um, and where we're at now is the obvious conclusion based on our polling, based on what other people have shown, even the Marquette poll I used last week to explain further that, of course, we are right. When you give people the choice to either vote for someone else or not vote at all, DeSantis' support collapsed in the state of Wisconsin to below 40. It was at 37 or 38 percent. Trump's, meanwhile, remained in the 40s, and he still beat Biden. Right? Did you understand what he was saying there? Yeah. I mean, which part? I don't know. All of it. Like, Yeah. Like, like there's people that, uh, and I think I'm one of them, that if Trump's not the nominee, then fuck the whole system. Well, if, yeah, it, my understanding of it, and I agree with completely, is that if Trump doesn't get the nomination, you know that it is beyond corrupt and that they've they've made it so he can't even run for president beyond trying to get the nomination because, you know, and that 
we're kind of all screwed because that means everything that we've been talking about, like the military stepping in and all that, which is the only way any of those people are going to be brought to justice is if the military uh, steps in and there's military tribunals and all that, because the DOJ and the FBI and the CIA, none of the, they're not going to investigate themselves. And that means Q and everything else that we, you know, I mean, I, I've never followed Q diligently like you did, but a lot of the stuff that they've said does make a lot of sense. And I do believe that it's completely corrupt and has been for a long time. And the DeSantis, I, I, from my understanding, his numbers have not gone up at all since making his former, since making his formal announcement, which is a good sign as far as the country waking up to what the truth is in my eyes. Um, because otherwise they would just, there would be a lot of people on board with, well, he's, he's like Trump, but he's not such a dick. So let's just vote for him. You know, like we talked about last week, I think that would be an indication that, that there's those, that those people are still out there and, and willing to vote for DeSantis because they think he would be good for the country. When the truth is at least what I believe and I, what I believe you believe as well is that, DeSantis would just be a continuation of like the Bush era, you know, of a, yeah. of a Republican. By the way, I think they, the Bushes, are endorsing DeSantis, um, which is another indication that DeSantis is either in line to be another deep state puppet like everyone else, or um, that that they're at, at least, you know, they just don't want Trump. Um, and if the Bushes are for him, then I'm against them <laughs> because I think the Bushes are as corrupt as it gets. I mean, I, I hope like I, I hope that in, in my perfect scenario or whatever, like they're playing the long con, you know, and like, Trump knows that if he's like, no, nah, DeSantis is great, you know, that everybody would shit all over him. But because Trump a long time ago, before he even announced, was like, oh, DeSantis, <laughs> fuck DeSantis. Then that made people start being like, ah, come on, DeSantis is OK, which I if you look at it from the point of view of that's exactly what he wanted to happen, then he's doing a great job of being like, fuck this guy. And the, what makes me think even more that that's a possibility is what happened with, uh, Kaylee McEnany late lately. Have you heard about any of that stuff? Yeah. I heard some about it today, which is, well, if you go back months, I mean, from the 2020 election, a, a chunk of Trump supporters started being like, fuck Fox news because they called Arizona before, the sun went down and uh, and then, you know, slowly they are turning pro DeSantis and anti Trump and that sort of thing. And and then Kaylee gets a job on Fox News. And so this happened months ago. And Trump hasn't said anything as far as I know until yesterday. Uh, and, and what did he call her? He's he called her Kaylee Milktoast McEnany, which yeah. is like I, I mean, it's an insult, but I don't think it's a. I think saying that she's like a a very normal family lady, I think that's what milk toast kind of means. Just normal, run of the mill. I think that's a I don't know, not a compliment necessarily, but anyway. So the point is, what if he doesn't hate Kaylee McEnany? What if he doesn't hate Ron DeSantis? What if DeSantis is running 
to gather these Bush like people and find out like who's going to pay me money to keep Trump out of office. Who's going to push the hardest to do this? And if that's true, then you can say the same about Kaylee McEnany being like, like, hey, Kaylee, why don't you go get a job at Fox News and let me know, like, you know, what they're saying about me or whatever. And you can both you and DeSantis play your role. Be dicks. I'll shit on you. Do whatever. And we'll all meet together and high five each other at the White House one day. And I don't have any proof of any of that. So it could all be bullshit. But. I've liked the the way DeSantis has done things for the last several years. And as far as I know, Trump did too, unless Trump just secretly hated him the whole time. So who knows? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I sure hope that Kaylee McEnany isn't uh, a sellout because I loved her when she was press secretary. She was freaking so great. She was yeah. so great at it. Um, and I know their job is to, to support the president, but she also, she gave a really good speech at his, at the uh, Republican nominee, or what, what do they call that? Um, the, the convention? The, the convention, yeah. Um, she did a great speech at that, and I just always felt her to be very smart and genuine, and, and uh, you know, Fox News is dirty as far as I'm concerned. Um, you know, I and, think so, too. I think anything, any channel on television, I think, is is left-leaning and, and pushing some agenda, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And that's why they, you know, we've talked about this a million times, but they've, that's why they got rid of Tucker and didn't care that it cost him $900 million to, to pay off Dominion and all that. Because, and I, you know, going to not necessarily take this podcast in a different direction, but I, I think that's, that's what you have to question about Target and Bud Light and, and all these companies that are going woke, even though they know it's going to hurt their bottom line in a very significant way. You have to wonder if, the deep state players that actually run all those companies aren't just going to make up the difference or whatever, or let those companies just go to shit anyway, just to push their agenda. You know, like if they're letting this, these things happen, even though they, they know it can't be good for their business, there has to be a, a nefarious reason for it. You know what I mean? I do. Yeah. But I don't know if that's the case, but I have to assume it is. It's the whole like, uh, you know, diversity, equity and inclusion stuff like the we we've talked about having like a social credit score and businesses sort of already have one. And they have these. I think they're called ESG and ESG score. I don't know what ESG stands for. I'm going to look it up while I'm talking about it. But it's basically saying like, uh, how woke are you? And we're going to give you a score. An ESG score measures a company's exposure to environmental, social, and governance risks. A high ESG score may indicate that a company is considering its broader impact on people and the planet and how this impact could affect its financial performance. So there's some company out there, and I don't know what it is, um, but they go through and basically take every business and give them an ESG score. How much do you believe in climate change? How much do you think that dudes should be allowed to chop their dick off? And if it's not a hundred, then they're going to take their Twitter bots and Facebook posters and shit. People that they have sitting in a room that just click between accounts and just go on and be like, I disagree with you. I think that you're a Nazi and you're homophobic and whatever else. Like, enough of those on any businesses 
you know, Yelp or Facebook or anything like that is going to hurt their their business. You know, they're going to make advertisers want to stop advertising with them and that kind of shit. So and because the people giving the ESG scores are these like super rich non-government organizations, they're the ones that get to call all the shots. So the only question is like, why are they trying to push all this stuff so hard? Is it because they really want dudes to chop their dicks off or do they just want us to fight about something and, or the, or do they want to just control the narrative? And, and yeah. that gets more into the climate change part than the, the trans part. But I don't know. But now whenever I hear anybody say anything about the LGBTQ community, I always like to read a little farther into the article and be like, is this person talking about gays and lesbians and bisexual people? Or are they just talking about or even adult trans people? Or are they talking about, you know, a 50 year old in a dress showing my kid his butthole? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it is. It is Pride Month, which I don't know why. I don't know why. Well, let's listen to this lady talk about buttholes in honor of Pride Month. Here's <laughs> at a at a high school in California. You have to go inside the booty hole. You can actually just push on the seam, and that stimulates the prostate gland as well. And that all oh, they apparently really like that. Um, but yeah, so that's why for male and male, anal sex is still very pleasurable because of the fact that it hits the, it hits the prostate and there's a lot of nerve endings in your booty as well. So the girls, the G-spot, prostate, they're the equivalent to each other, but apparently that's why if you ever see like, I mean, Target has them now, sex toys. If you go to Target, seriously, if you go to Target and go where the tampons and pads are, they have, they just look like a little box, but if you open up, the, there's like a Velcro front to the box, you open it up, and then bam, sex toy. Imagine if this was a neighbor talking to your child like that. If your child, your under 18-year-old teen, went over to an adult neighbor's house and came back and said, I was learning about anal sex and how to make it pleasurable. What, what, what would you what would you do? You would call the police. This person, this teacher should be arrested. And this is happening in sex ed classrooms across the nation. And I'm so glad this student took a video of it so that America can see how bad it has gotten. Yeah, it's it's insane how the shit they talk about in school now. I mean, I remember I remember being in sixth grade when we watched the the sex video and it was like it mainly was just about like make sure you take a shower because you're going to start to stink and that kind of shit and when girls get their periods but they had like construction paper on the windows and you would have thought we were like watching porn in there or something um and now they're they're literally talking about that in class like the the ins and outs of butt sex like <laughs> i mean i i could see if that thing's taken out of context or whatever, because if if I I can remember asking my teachers inappropriate questions, but other kids being like, 
like yeah what is what is the answer and then the teacher like i remember in my sixth grade we did that too where they separated the boys and the girls and all the boys uh we got to go into miss magel's room and i never had miss magel but she was easily one of the prettiest teachers so it was all kind of all of us boys were like ooh, like miss magel's gonna teach us about sex like that's cool but uh, but yeah, she sat us all down and she was like, and she went through her presentation where they showed like the chopped in half wiener and like what's inside it and the testes and all the basic stuff. But then she was like, if anybody has any questions, like now's the time to ask them. You can ask me anything you want and I'll try my best to answer it, you know? So then six year olds or not six year olds, sixth graders are like, uh, you know, like what's doggy style? Like what's a what's squirting? Like all sorts of shit. You know, like what is fisting? Have you ever uh, fisted anybody? And <laughs> but I remember my question was like, I and I didn't know any of this. I never had a, a the talk with my parents. They were just like, get out of here. You know, like I never wanted to ask them, and they never wanted to tell me, so we never talked about it. But. I knew at this point now, after an hour of sex ed or whatever, that my penis goes inside of the girl. And I remember asking, what if while my penis is in there, I pee in the girl? And Miss Magel said, you can't do that. And I remember thinking, like, because it's not allowed or like i because I, I mean i can't be physically incapable of peeing like if i have to pee i'm gonna pee and so that's what i try to not think about now 30 years later when i'm having sex with a girl of like i really couldn't pee right now like i if i tried as hard as i could i don't think that i could pee anyway so <laughs> sex up <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's insane how far they've, how far in a gross way, in a, in a, why are they doing this kind of way? Um, yeah. You know, that's, and like, oh, go ahead. No, I wasn't going to say anything. I just started to say something about the whole Pride Month and all that. Like, I don't, I don't know, man. Be gay if you want to. I don't know why you need a whole month and I don't know what's, I don't know. I just don't fucking get it. Like, talking about your sex life male whether you're heterosexual or gay or whatever i don't i don't know i don't care what turns you on as long as it's not children you know that's my that's my feeling and i think that's most americans feelings to be honest with you yeah so um yeah what else do we want to talk about uh what other videos we got you were talking about uh, I can't find it. I wanted to show Norm Macdonald talking about the gay pride parade. Did you ever listen to that album? No. He he does a thing. I could probably re- recite it, but I'm not going to do him justice or whatever. But the, the main point is like, I don't know if pride is the word I would use. You know, like there's there's loving and accepting and stuff. But I don't know if anybody's bragging about it down at work or anything like <laughs> Like, fellas, come over here. Let me tell you something about my my youngest son, Bill. Yeah, anyway, he, it's like a five-minute bit, but it's really... Uh, he skated the fine line of, like, actually thinking right-leaning, conservative viewpoints, but making it silly. So, like, because he says in the, you know, like a bunch of dudes in leather and it's fucking weird, man. And he says something along those lines and 
you listen and you know how his politics were, but he still makes it all funny. Yeah. But I can't find it, so fuck that. Yeah, that's okay. And um, I don't remember what I was going to say either. Damn it. It was a good one, though. It's okay. It'll come back to you. What other videos do we want to show? Well, uh, since we're on first, I guess, to bring it up, we'll talk about they're saying Biden's not going to do any campaigning or debates or anything like that. Like, he's the nominee. And uh, I've seen a few videos from this guy, and they've all been really enjoyable. And this is the first sort of political one that I've ever seen. Um, And his point is basically just they should have debates like Biden should have to debate somebody to get the spot. He shouldn't just get it. Yeah. How can how can that how can he just become the nominee? Don't they have to vote on that? Well, I mean, Trump was sort of the same way. I mean, Trump won in 16. And then I don't know that anybody really ran against him in 2020. And every state individually was like, no, like Trump's our our guy. Like, like, I know that I I know that Biden's a sitting president and everything, but and I would I know I also watch completely different. I don't watch any media, mainstream media, but I, I don't see anything pro Biden and I don't talk to anyone who's pro Biden. I mean, never, ever, ever does anyone go Biden's doing a great job. He's actually doing really well. I mean, other than like Clinton and people like that who are completely full of shit. Right. I mean, I mean, how how could they not be considering someone else? Well, then um, you, my friend, have a lot in common with James Vanderbeek. Let's listen. Christy by them. Four. <laughs> Who? Big banks, big business, big business, big tech, big pharma, big government, big whatever. I mean, what the hell? How is this a democracy? And how is anybody in the DNC right today going to post about thanking our troops and thanking the families who have made the ultimate sacrifice to preserve our democracy and our way of freedom? Now, listen, I am grateful for them, but any member of the DNC who's going to think about posting that today, stop, think, and do your job before you start posting about how grateful you are there are people out there who are willing to die to preserve democracy because you are not preserving democracy right now. You're shoehorning your pick and forcing it on the rest of us. And don't tell me that the other candidates aren't serious because one of them is polling at 7%. The other one is at 19%. That is a quarter of the vote who already thinks there's at the very least some debate about who ought to be president. There's no debate. There's no democracy. No primary, no legitimate president. So thank you to all the troops. Thank you to the families who have made the ultimate sacrifice to preserve our way of life, to preserve our democracy. Let's all do our part. We need a debate. How do we have a government? How do we have a democracy? If we're letting a small little back room of people make all the important decisions for us. That's not a democracy and it doesn't work because y'all have been wrong about a lot these last couple of years in that back room. No debate, no democracy. And I could be wrong. That's the thing. I could be wrong about all this. I could be wrong about the guy being fit for the job. I could be wrong about the other people being right, being legitimate, being crazy. You know, it would solve that a debate. 
Have a debate. Happy Memorial Day. Yeah. And amen. Amen, James Vanderbeek. Yeah, me too. I love when, you know, people from Hollywood come out and have freaking common sense. I think my little boy is texting me because none of this shit makes sense. He's <laughs> <laughs> like A, B, C, D, e, F, G, J, J, J coming up on my phone. Um, Either that or your wife's really sick. She's, she's having a, trying to. She's asking for help, but her fingers don't work. Yeah, she and you're like having, my boy's crazy and just ignoring she, her. <laughs> she might be having a stroke. I mean, that was the weirdest text I've ever seen. Um, I think it's got to be him. Um, well, I can show a video if you want to run in there and check. Well, they're no, they're not here right now, so ah, uh, okay. Yeah, um, I thought they were like in the other room. She's like, Tim, please help me. And you're like, eh, I'm just ignore it. You'll be all right. We, this is important. Um, well, we only have one video left, and it's only 24 seconds long. Do you want to just watch it real quick, and then we can bullshit for the last eight minutes or whatever? Yeah, I want to watch it. But before we do, I wanted to bring up the RFK video. Um, we we don't have the video, unfortunately, but he and I sent this to you like two weeks ago, so I see why we don't have it, but and I should have emphasized that I wanted to talk about it, but there's RFK junior video and he's talking about pork production in the United States and how it used to be just like all, um, it's been a while since I've seen it. So I hope I get this right, but it's been a while since we've had like, um, like there used to be just all these like pig farmers, like all over the country, you know, like small farms. Yeah. And, and then this, this thing called this company called Smithville came along and they like bought up all the, the pork, the pig farmers in the, throughout the whole country. They brought those, they bought those up and they owned like 80% of them. And then like China came in and, and bought those. So now all our pork production, basically most of it all anyway, comes from China. And he was just pointing that out. And that's when they started pumping our, our food full of hormones and specifically pork in this instance, hormones and uh, all these other cancers and that kind of shit. In fact, all these cancer causing shit. Um, And when you, gosh, I wish we had the video because I'm totally butchering this, but I was in a bunch of words trying to find it on YouTube and I can't. Well, I, I had it on my damn phone, but it would, it would probably not be, anyway i could find it if you really want me to but i I like i like robert f kennedy jr i don't want him to become the president because we want trump to become the president but i think he would go a long way in if if things were legit if he could get on there and and talk common sense to this country and especially democrats and debate joe biden if they had to do one of those you know forum things where they're they're all the candidates are on there um, then he, he could make Joe Biden. It doesn't take much to make Joe Biden look like an idiot, but I like Robert F. Kennedy Jr. And I think he speaks a lot of truth. And if there was any, like, like Vanderbeek was saying, if there's any kind of democracy, then, then they would be debates and there would be things being brought to the forefront. But yeah. We're a, and we're and a, a big thing with Trump is he didn't really have any challengers. Like everybody on that, everybody who didn't hate him, was like, no, he's the guy. Like, there's nobody else. So I think everybody kind of agreed. I guess the difference now with Biden is that it's the people that we know are, like, pulling the puppet strings of Biden being like, no, it's Biden again. 
and all of the other Democrats are going like, what? We don't like him. We want somebody else. And they're like, nah, no, nah, we, we know what's best for you. Yeah. He's the guy we have to have in there. If we're going to continue to ram this shit down your throats. And if we're going to continue to keep people like Obama out of prison, <laughs> this is the guy, this is the guy we're going to, you know, and again, unless the military steps in Obama and Clinton and all those other dicks, Bush, they're never going to be brought to justice. And, you know, when Trump became president, he got a look at all the classified documents. He knows about JFK. He knows about 9-11. He knows all the shit. And they do not want him to have a second term where it's just going to be Thunderdome as far as he can say whatever he wants. I mean, what are they going to do at that point? You know? Yeah. Impeach him. But if he gets a if if things get bad enough and Dan Bongino talked about that sometimes when uh, when Rudy Giuliani got elected as like mayor of New York, he ran like, I don't know how long your mayor, four years maybe or two years or something, but he ran the previous time and lost. And Dan Bongino talks about like, that's because things weren't bad enough yet. Like they had Democrat mayors for several cycles or whatever and new york was just shitty and giuliani came in on like the broken windows policy where like i for the under all these democrats they were like no we need to catch like murderers and rapists and stuff and giuliani was saying like the same dude who's throwing rocks and breaking windows is the dude that's gonna fucking punch an old lady on his way home or rape a girl or kill somebody or whatever the same guy who's not who's jumping the turnstile at the subway like that guy is going to rob somebody on the subway like if we bust these people for these little crimes you'll start to see big crime drop because we'll catch the guys before they're able to do the big thing and at, at that worked crime went way down in new york granted it led to like stop and frisk and all that stuff which is can be bad if you if you're racist about it but and i don't know what the answer to that is because it's like what do you want you want to feel uncomfortable for a minute until the cop proves that you're not carrying any weapons or anything or do you want crime to be 30 percent higher in your city like i think you gotta take one or the other um yeah anyway i don't know what the point was uh plus you're messing with the fourth amendment when it comes to just searching people and you know when you have no basis for it. I mean, yeah, you can't, that's you can't true. Just... But anyway, um, what, what video do we have? They found a lot of drugs and guns doing that. So yeah. who knows, you know, like the, I mean, it came out to be like, these cops are just stopping black people. And the cops were like, well, yeah, but those are the only ones that are walking around with a gun in their sweatpants. Yeah. Well, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. it's always one of those things where you're like, what I'm getting ready to say is factually true, but am I going to get in trouble? <laughs> All right. Well, let's let uh, Joe Rogan tell us a thing real quick. This is 24 seconds. This is now the largest owner of farmland in the United States. But the thing is, like, he keeps saying that we've got to cut our consumption of meat out to be healthy and that we're going to get used to these meat alternatives. When a guy like that says that, I'm like, are you making money because of this? Like, what the f*** are you talking about? How are you giving any health advice when you look like that? 
Yeah. I, I wish he would have been more scientific about it instead of being like, you're a piece of shit. How do how dare you tell us what to eat? <laughs> Look it's how like, scrawny you are. I'm, but I'm sure they went into it even more. That's what I don't like about those clips. But I also don't have time to listen to three hours of Joe Rogan every day. But sometimes he's got some really interesting people on there. And I like it a lot. Sometimes they get into some really great, like deep philosophical shit. Um, yeah, it's frightening how much. Um, God, it's gotten really dark in my room. Um it's frightening how much land Bill Gates has bought up and how much um, land China has bought up. And when you start looking at those things, man, people better hope that that Trump, I mean, he'll get the nomination as long as it's not corrupt and he'll win as long as it's not corrupt. But if he doesn't, man, dude, we're I mean, in for I, some dark days, brother. Can you even imagine a scenario where Trump wins the election? Like I... I would have like so many other things are going to happen before they let that happen. So uh, by the time it actually gets to the election, I think we'll know a lot more about the kind of people that we're dealing with between now and then. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all I know, dude, is that if, if he doesn't win and we continue down this road, we're at, we're got some really dark days ahead of this country, you know, we're going to be living in a fucking hunger game society. And my boy's going to be like, <laughs> he's going to have this super long hair and he's going to be like, you know, defending our freedom and shit. And we're going to be living on a pig farm and he's going to be, <laughs> yeah, you, gonna... well, you'll have to train him to fight, you know, wake him up with like a, a sword coming at his face at five o'clock in the morning so it... that he knows to like be quick enough to grab his sword and asleep and defend it. And be like, you got to be ready for everything. Just punch him in the stomach. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't ready for that. Jim. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, I've said this before, but I think they, they're able to come up with all these uh, way out there movie scenarios because this is the plan they've had for a long time. You know, I've, I've seen some videos about that, about how far back the CIA and Project Mockingbird and all of that stuff, how far back it really goes and and how drawn out their plan really was, you know, to be like, this is what it's going to look like when the aliens get here, like or this is what life will be like when the zombie apocalypse hits or whatever the case like. They're like training our brains to be like, oh, shit, it's the fucking thing from the show. Like it's happening now. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's it's a scary time we're living in, dude. And I'm glad you're getting your special film before the apocalypse comes. Me too. That was my biggest thing. I was like, can we just do it before doomsday? <laughs> so, yeah. but now we just have to get it recorded and then get it put out and then that would suck so bad if like the day we put it out, it gets like a million views and it's like rocketing towards a, a hundred million. And then the whole fucking internet goes down. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you never know brother, but I hope that doesn't happen. Um, if we don't have anything else to say, I'm going to go ahead and get in uh, this thing so we can get out of here. But my, cause my little boy and wife are coming home. Um, and yeah, it's all dark as shit in my room now. I yeah, I don't sun. know what. I guess your light burned out or something. But well, and the, sun, the sun's going down. Like I don't know. It doesn't doesn't seem early enough for that. But no, nope, it doesn't. Maybe it's going to rain. 
either way good episode we're at right about an hour so perfect timing thanks for watching everybody uh leave comments um hit the like thing hit the heart button share this shit uh hire us to speak at your child's graduation next year whatever the case Right. And uh, I will also be at uh, JP's Comedy Club June 15 and si- 16 and 17. I will be there. It's a Friday and Saturday, four shows, great little club in Glendale, Arizona. So and make sure got, you check that out. They put you in a hotel now instead of having to stay at the room. Yeah, yeah. So looking forward to all that. And it's Getting a great little room. All the time. That's a great room. I hope you have fun. I hope it's yeah. busy. Yeah, well, have a good time this weekend, buddy, and let me know how it goes, and we'll talk before that probably. All right, bye. Goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye.